0: Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO.
1: All right, good morning everybody and welcome to Miller and Condon on a Wednesday. Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. It's Trent Condon, Ken Miller, for the next couple of hours to talk sports with you as KXNO is back to local programming now through the remainder of the afternoon. BMW of Des Moines guest list has a little bit of everything, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it does. Uh, we're going to do football. We've got two more of the regional teams to recap. Dane Muzatani who as of today is now full-time covering the Vikings uh, for the St. Paul Pioneer Press. His duties with the Wild finished up yesterday, and he's on the Vikings beat. Uh, Dane Muzatani will help us out with uh, their draft and Vikings and Twins about 11.30. Nick Athen, Chiefs Insider, Primetime Sports Talk, ChiefsFocus.com is where you can read Nick. We'll recap what the Chiefs did in their draft at 10 minutes before noon. Brian Walton on the Cardinals, on Mike Shannon's passing, what he meant to that franchise, uh, both in the booth and on the field and the ambassador that he was, uh, as well as uh, the what he did, I guess, in the restaurant world, uh, in uh, but a pretty big contributor to the Cardinals. A great hangout spot prior to and after uh, Cardinal games. We'll talk to uh, Brian Walton about Mike Shannon and the team. And then the Capman joins us in his regular spots Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors. Cappy, White Sox are on a roll. Uh, Cubs um, <laughs> of Not roll, they won two games. Well, they've won two games. <laughs> For them, that's that's a winning streak. You win one more, it's a winning streak. They uh, And they got a chance today, right? Because CISCO's, uh, CISCO's today. Uh, but we'll see. Wouldn't it be something if that's Sunday, when they score seventh in the ninth inning, you can pinpoint, go back to that, as the turnaround uh, where it started in the season. But we have to start uh, with the biggest game of the night. And oh. that was incredibly entertaining for some of us. Uh, biggest game of the night slash morning. Um <laughs> But regardless, man, it was so much fun. But what's Poole doing with that shot, Trent? Both shots. Both shots, right. Both shots, true. Now, the one
2: in the lane, I mean, the shot clock was running down. He, he had to. And cut. I like to take And I think he was fouled
1: by AD. I think the Brow got him. Okay. There was a lot of body there. The, but that's, that's, that's a big dude. Um, boy, he was good too, by the way, right? They don't win without Davis.
2: And then the defense from the Lakers Darvin Ham dialing up, we're doubling him. Get the ball out of Steph's hands. That's mm-hmm. what you do. Mm-hmm. That's what you do in that spot. Can't you beat another step inside there? Mm. <laughs> if your pool mm. doesn't have to be a twenty nine footer. Can it be twenty four?
1: <laughs> it was um, And he had
2: time. There was ten seconds. He could have dribbled in. Yeah,
1: I think it was a nine or it was nine, what ten. About yeah. ten. Yeah, right. I mean you, you get and a you ca- a catch dribble, mm-hmm. one step in. Mm-hmm. It's a better shot than that. Much better. Much better. I mean this one didn't even have a sh- it wasn't even close. Blanked off the side. Wasn't even close, but then, give the Lakers credit, man. Give them credit. Uh, Russell was unbelievable. Reeves was Reeves. Yeah, I mean, he didn't. It wasn't. It wasn't one of his better games. But he certainly didn't. Uh, you know, wasn't a liability by any means. Well, in the first half, he kept him afloat. Oh, AD was
2: incredible, but. He was the second scoring option. It wasn't LeBron. It was him, and mm-hmm. he was the only guy that could hit a bucket from the outside. Yeah, LeBron's LeBron is hurt, isn't he? Oh yeah, there's 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 more there. I think. Did you see the near block though that he had a Steph when Steph was going out on the run out? Looked like he was just going to coast in for a layup. When, when, when in the fourth of... quarter, maybe three four minutes left. Steph well, I looked saw like it, it didn't it.
1: register with me,
2: and all of a sudden, LeBron per- turned on the Jets and just about got st- to st- it. Still does that, doesn't he? He does, yeah. and I, he might even got a piece of the ball. that went in. He also, I think hack Steph on that one too, <laughs> and no foul it's called, and they went back the other way. It's just playoff basketball. Put them away, leaving it out there. Mm-hmm. AD has to play at this level. I thought Stan Van Gundy brought up a lot mm-hmm. of good points. And if he does, Trent, they can they can win. Oh yes, they can win it all. They can win it all. Yes, going to Denver, going mm-hmm. to Boston, whatever it turns out to be. Absolutely, this AD, you win a championship yes, with this AD. They absolutely, do coupled with all the other parts. But you know, he's going to take a night off. The conversations weren't happening on this show during the wintertime, because we don't talk NBA during Uh the wintertime, but the conversations were out there, the retooling of this Lakers team, that are deeper than the Warriors now. Right now, Mm -hmm. Kerr has absolutely Mm -hmm. no confidence in those bench pizzas. 12 minutes for Peyton, 12 minutes for DiVincenzo, Green got a couple, got off the bench Moody. I mean, Kaminga didn't even play. And and Peyton's had some moments in playoffs in past years. He has, but... Mm -hmm. With his offensive liability right now, mm-hmm. you can tell just doesn't have confidence. We talk about the Lakers being old. Golden State's kind of old too. Yeah, true, true. A- and we sometimes forget about I think that piece of it because yeah. that's where the narrative seems to go. The old Lakers. Where he's pretty old too, and not using those bench pieces. Kaminga has not developed the way that they anticipated. I think that's impactful. And, and we get that as a
1: standalone game Thursday. Am I Thursday, reading that right? Eight o'clock start. You can watch How the whole thing. The whole bloody thing with not having to turn it on in the morning. Yeah, eight um, o'clock, fantastic. Bring it on. I love the nine o'clock for me. Sure. Because kids last are in bed. Night, I got everything yeah. from
2: the opening whistle right. to the final buzzer. I was there the whole time outside of during timeouts. I went back over to the Stars Kraken game. What a wild first period it was that unbelievable. was. Unbelievable. It starts Stars up nothing right away. I'm like, here we go. I got a minus one and a half. Not to be. No. And
1: how about Joel Pavelski? I mean, this is the kid. You remember game one against Minnesota when Dumba in the court? I he J- did. I did, too. And he missed the remainder of the series. He gets back on the ice for the first time and pots four for the story. Scored every one of the goals. They lost. <laughs> Welcome back. Uh, thanks for what you did, but that wasn't enough. No. Um, but both of the upstarts, both of the long shots last night, both of the dogs. Mm-hmm. I mean, Florida—they just on the heels two days, forty-eight hours removed, of beating the team with the best record in the history of the NHL in the regular season. The Bruins—they go to Toronto, and, and tough place to play, and beat them. They were the better team all night. I thought there'd
2: be nothing left in the tank for either. I team. didn't either, and I—I just—I don't get it. It's the hockey part that I just can't I don't understand. get it. <laughs> how teams can do this and how they can be uh, just so blah during the course of yeah. a season. Then you
1: get to the playoffs and how different they can look. Trent, I told you, I sold, I had a boatload of Florida Panthers futures. I sold them all. This team was not even going to make the playoffs. They had to go on an incredible run just to it, get in, just to get in. And then they got in the final day of the regular season. You think, well, they're fodder. This is forced weight straight, straight for the Bruins. Um, but man oh man this Matthew Kachuk he is something. He's taking that te- that team by the um he's, he's he's leading that team is what he's doing. Just a terrific player.
2: I got one more hockey note and an for American you. boy as well. That's a good thing. Yeah. We like our Americans.
1: Yeah, I should. Just like you like your Canadians. Sure.
2: <laughs> How are the Oilers? That big of a favorite against Vegas? Well, they in got, the, got the
1: best power play in the history of the of the game. Okay. Uh they've got a generational player. Uh, uh, yeah, the best player in the game right now. Here's the thing that's getting overlooked in this series. So, Connor McDavid was the number one draft. I don't remember the year. I'll say 2014. Okay. I don't know if that- it's around that time. But any other year, a kid by the name of Jack Eichel, an American born, would have been the number one pick in the draft. He was born the wrong year. <laughs> So McDavid goes one to Edmonton. Eichel goes two to Buffalo. Didn't work out in Buffalo. Got traded last year to Vegas. He was hurt for most of it, um, but he's a really good player. But it's when it comes to Edmonton, it's just it, it's Evander Kane, Leon Draisaitl, and Connor McDavid. They're just they're just unstoppable. This McDavid is I've never seen anything like it as far as being able to stick handle with the puck on his stick. At full speed and not miss, not glide, when you're going to make a move, keep your feet moving. It's just, it's amazing to watch, and I watched all of the great ones in my life. I'm old, including the great one, including the great one. who was, uh, still that, that 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 quote of his when, when um, his son was going to school one day and he was doing a show, it was a show and tell, and he asked his dad before he if somebody asked me what records do you have, dad, what do you, what do I say? All of them. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true, right. all of them. Uh, anyways, uh, but the bas- I want to get back to basketball because, yes. good gosh, that was so entertaining last night. Well, my
2: question was, I just plus one forty for the Golden Knights. Oh, I see where you're going. Yeah, See um, a tick high. I, I grabbed a piece of it.
1: Their goalie has to be really good again, and he was really good against Winnipeg. Well, and that's the question with Edmonton, right? Is there their goalie? Their goalie. That's yeah. the weak spot. Both uh, both teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, Edmonton just has a better roster. Yeah, but look. Toronto's got a better roster. <laughs> right. Dallas has a better roster. Uh-huh. And here we are. Colorado and had a better roster. Colorado had Austin a better had roster. A yes, older, way better, much roster. better roster. And the game's in Vegas. And games in Vegas, it's, uh, it's a show.
2: It's a show. And if you're heading out with us to Vegas, we will be there for game three. Yeah, but it's on the road. On the, that's but, okay. But game watch.
1: Yes, and that you know where the game watch is? At Stadium Swim.
2: Oh, that'll be a fun
1: night. Oh, I've seen the pictures from the uh, from the first series of the playoffs against the Jets. It was packed. On a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, look—if you're not sixty-something, you want to, you know, hang out. Um, That'll be the place to do it. That'll be the place to do it, and you'll get in free by doing it with us. Do, do we have room left? Well, I mean, if the hotel's left, we can get. The,
2: yeah, can get as long market. as the hotel's not sold out. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can still click on. it. If it's one of those last-minute decisions, I told you Monday, you still get out there for two hundred bucks. Eh, flight back might be a little goofy, but you can still do yeah. it incredibly cheap, or pay three hundred. And you can get out there and have a normal.
1: Yeah, and put life. your head on your pillow instead <laughs> right. of putting your head on a on a chair at Denver International. It's through Denver it was, one if yeah, I was right? Denver. Yeah. Have you ever done one of those? I have. It's they're brutal. It's not fun. No, it's terrible. No. I, mine was through O'Hare. My my two were through O'Hare. If you don't have a neck, can pillow you or sleep on like a that. plane? Yeah. See, I can't. Oh yeah. Every time the plane moves, I grab my armrests. <laughs> uh, You're one of those. Huh? I am. I, I am. I can shut it off, and
2: I have a feeling on the way back I'll probably be catching a little shut eye. Yeah, because you because I come back on an earlier flight than you. Yeah, I got to break down the equipment, get all that stuff. Plus, I have to pack it up and then mm-hmm. take it through TSA. I couldn't make that earlier time, so I leave at like three thirty something like mm-hmm. that and get back on Wednesday night. You'll be back, and you'll be back. Yeah, seven
1: forty. I think okay. I land. So it's not great connections, but. Non-stop out there, and that's the key mm-hmm. uh, non-stop out there and then through Denver coming back, but we're gonna have a ball and we'd love to have you uh, be part of it uh, if you're so inclined and also give us a shout out if you're heading
2: with us, you know hit us up on Twitter. Ken, you can find him on Twitter, me, or just Miller and Condon on our Twitter account there. Uh, let us know. We'll kind of get you some more details. they got a full itinerary that'll be there when you wait in. Again, you'll have that VIP access, uh, the lanyard that'll be there when you mm-hmm. check in on top of it. Get you access to the cabana at Stadium Swim when we have that. The private booth and the place. The book's
1: going to be packed and we've got it a is. private booth. Yeah, that is going to At be least incredible.
2: one. And if we got more mm-hmm. people, so still time to get out there. Again, the room rate starts on Sunday, goes through Friday, so you can have that great room rate, 30% mm-hmm. off at Circa. A great time to do it, and maybe even head in a day early and watch the Derby while you're there.
1: Yeah, I interviewed Jason Luce yesterday on uh, for part of IRO Everywhere. He's going to join you and I on Friday on the radio. Mm-hmm. They've got two in, and there's a pretty good chance that uh, Cyclone Mischief... Uh, who's right now number 21, if there's a scratch and there's some rumors on the backstretch at Churchill Downs that there's going to be a, a horse that uh, can't uh, answer the bell, uh, perhaps three locally owned horses so of 20. is remarkable. The favorite of the Iowa horses. Angel of Empire. Is a horse you really like? Love him. Big, right? Yes. Late running
2: style. I read the article uh, the other day. I think Petey did it, yeah, in the Register, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. talking about. Yep. Well, he was Pennsylvania bred. Yeah, Petey picked my brain to get some. Oh, nice, yeah. to get some talking points. Got a little couple of oh, yeah. information pieces oh, yeah. from you. Really good piece. And really. Yeah, it was really well done. But what about the other one,
1: Jace's Road? Jace's Road, yeah. I, needs I, needs to fire his best shot for him to even have a chance. But I, think. I saw him at fifty to one. He is fifty to one. He's a long shot. He might be in front. You might. You, I mean, they might get a thrill okay. because I think he's going to be on or near the lead. Gotcha. Uh, where Angel Vampire is going to be back in the middle of the pack, and he's going to have to work out a a trip, as they call it, not mm-hmm. not get stopped. But he can run all day. Uh, The distance, a mile and a quarter, is certainly not going to hurt him by any means. But there's so many, there's just so many questions. The Japanese horse. Yeah. um, He's kind of the great unknown. Derma Sakagaki. 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 Yeah, number 17. Named after a famous sumo wrestler or something like that. Forte is the favorite. And that's a Pletcher horse. And that's a Pletcher horse. And my good God, what a. Grand-looking beast oh, he yeah. is. Oh, just muscled out. He just looks the part. Um, you know, if you were to line up all 20, mm-hmm. give me the best-looking one, everybody would point to Forte. And he can run. He can run to his looks. but um, pletcher has I mean, got a couple? Right? Yeah, he's got three, I think. I took
2: a, a shot already on Tapitrice, another one of good his Good one, sources. yep. That's
1: the bluegrass winner. He won at mm-hmm. Keeneland. And he's a, he's a gray. He's a good-looking SOB. Yes, I, I like yeah. those ones, too. was it that uh, – who was the first uh, Iowa – Patio Prado. Patio Prado. He was a great, right? He was a great. Yeah. I'm still convinced that um, that he should have won the race. In fact, the, the eventual winner and him were right side by side, and at the top of the stretch, there was a narrow opening, and they both went for it, and Super Saver got the jump. And Patio Prado got stopped cold, and Super Saver had a clean trip, and up the rail he goes, and on to victory.
2: So, Friday, instead of Trent's picks of the day, we're going to have Ken's Derby picks of the uh, weekend.
1: Right, and we're, you know, for, as we always do, when it comes to giving away Klaxons, we'll give you groups of horses 1 through 5, 6 through 10, 11 through 15, and uh, 16 through 20. Um, but that's how we'll do Klaxons, just so you got a little skin in the game uh, for the Derby, which is post time is like 6 o'clock our time. I mean, I talked to Luce yesterday how, how, because it's seven o'clock out there in the East. Can you imagine that's a having, long day. having a chance that's got a legitimate chance to win the biggest horse race in the world and you have to wait around all day for it to happen? And you've been there plenty of times now.
2: Yes. The newness is not there. Oh, you no. know exactly where you're going to go. Right. You kind of have your routine where, do you, where to stop, where to eat, yep. who you say hi to, mm-hmm. who, uh, don't go through that area. There's too many people who are
1: going to stop us. Yep. <laughs> Those kind of things, too.
2: But that is a long
1: week. Oh, it's a long day. No doubt about that. All right. Uh, I want to get, I want to talk. We didn't talk about this, and I meant to. Um, did you see Brett Yormark uh, mm-hmm. as far as what he's at least kicking the tires on? Trent, I'm blown away by the pushback. A, your commissioner of the Big 12 thinks out of the box. Yep. Way to go, right? You don't do it the way you've always done it before. Look where you're at. So you're never going to be... The SEC. Right. You're never going to be the Big Ten, mm-hmm. but you're third right now. So why not do something to draw attention to your conference? Why is this such a bad deal? Even if it is you, the team that has to give up the home date, I get if it's in football, but if you've only got you know, six home games mm-hmm. that year, pretty sure it's not going to be one of, the, uh, one of those schools. Absolutely. Um, but if it's a basketball team, if you have to give up one, so be it. I mean, the focus uh, of National on Big 12 brand, isn't that worth something? I think it is. Am I missing the point? I I don't think you are at all.
2: And I was baffled by the blowback, too. I I mean, Chris
1: Williams is a really bright guy and a business person. How does he not see that this is good? It's
2: impactful to local businesses and names. I get that. I get it. And Lubbock and Manhattan. Sure. Those football Saturdays are incredibly important. Understanding all that. It's the same thing we heard when I was trying to get a neutral mm-hmm. site game. Sure. Yes, that is important to the local community. Yeah. But dot,
1: dot, dot. Right. But, but how would the business be impacted if Iowa State sadly would have ended up in Conference USA? Right? <laughs> right. Would have been worse. Big 12 is in a wonderful spot. You are clearly third right now. ACC with that contract, uh, that's an albatross around your neck. The Pac-12, who knows what's happening? As we said, the SEC and the Big 10 are on one level. Do something different, and the blowback. My God, folks. You have to think outside the box. And he's doing exactly that.
2: Understanding that the gap between the SEC, the Big Ten, and everybody else is so significant, you're trying to close that gap. That's why he's already talked about on the basketball side, making that its own rights. Mm -hmm. and He thinks that there is value in that and what they're doing. Right. These are things that make a whole lot of sense. And this one, Iowa State-Houston. There was a game scheduled for October. What's that parked? FS one, yeah, probably, probably. ESPN plus, maybe. Now you put this thing, yeah. in Mexico City on right. a day where neither team's ranked. They mm-hmm. both come in four and two. Mm-hmm. It's a whole hummer, but all of a sudden, well, yeah, it's on FS one again. But I want to check that out. Not not us. We're right. watching Rebels. right right. I want to see what that looks like. Sure. I want to check over. Those are the things that you're trying to build. That is what you have to do. You're looking for revenue streams wherever mm-hmm. they're available. This absolutely would be a revenue stream. You're telling Iowa State fans, hey, there's a trip to Mexico in October, in November. Does
1: that sound like a bad thing? I don't think so. I mean, you got to think there's going to be charters. That yeah, are absolutely. certainly was to Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, your mark has done a phenomenal job. Everything he's done, it's, I mean, has he failed? Has there been a misstep? No, I don't think so. Now,
2: some media members will say putting him up in the upper bowls. <laughs> oh.
1: That was—I um, felt bad for for our media brethren, and I'm kind of glad I wasn't there. Maybe I'd have been bitching too. You probably but. would have
2: been. I, I've sat a long ways away at some events of yeah. it, event, and I don't care one I
1: own. Right, I'm that, just
2: happy to be there.
1: In the United Center, covering the oh. Sweet Sixteen, Trent. I mean, honest to God, you could touch up the ceiling yeah. from as high as we were,
2: and that is a huge aspect. Oh my God, that's the biggest arena that I've been in. Um, I
1: think so, too. I'd have to... Madison Square Garden. See, I've never been to MSG. It's so special. Yeah. It's so special. Um, yeah. It's huge.
2: Huge. I remember going up, told this story before, Big Ten Tournament. It was when Fran and uh, Iowa, early in his tenure, they had to beat Michigan State to get in. They got beat. Big comeback by Michigan State. He threw his coat onto the floor. But I went up and (laughs) sat with uh, my wife and some of my buddies that were up there. I had a media pass. That was a long ways. Like you couldn't see anything <laughs> yeah. up there. You know, they're on one of the ends, uh-huh. three hundred, four hundred level, mm-hmm. whatever it was. It's a long, long ways ago, and. Said, to hell with this. I'm getting right back down God. to my seat down. A little bit closer to the action for that one.
1: No, but uh, again, your mark has been uh, terrific for your conference. He's leading mm-hmm. wh- Who would you rather have? Here In Clay Afkov, right? right? And if he's thinking outside the box, and as you mentioned, Trent, it sounds like he wants to separate football and basketball when it comes to the television contract. You've got a phenomenal college basketball conference. Mm-hmm. Um, why not do that? And if you've got a chance to showcase, it's one
2: day. It's one game. And if you add San Diego State along with the Texas there you schools, go. again revenue streams. Well, we're kind of tapped out, right? For the most part, mm-hmm. and that's why the Big Twelve, the new Big Twelve, works so well, is because of what they are and how they're built, and they're all very similar, as both schools and athletic departments, all very, very much in the same vein. And now you do this. How do you expand? You are what you are. Lubbock, yep. Texas. Yep. Manhattan, Kansas. Ames, yep. Iowa. Very similar. How are we gonna expand it's not Ames is not going to double in size no in years no be content yep. you know just
1: uh do do what you got to do to move forward, right? Even if it even if it does you know, a little bit inconvenient, never been done before. Look, if it doesn't work, he's not going to keep jamming it down your throats and try to make this uh, become a thing. But what if it does work? What if it what if it is a good idea? Um, and every and everything that he thought it could be turns out to be exactly that. Uh we'll move on. Let's get back uh, to the phones, uh, Jeff. I'm guessing he's going to talk about last night's Golden State Lakers game, but uh, he joined. Hello, Jeff. How are you?
0: Doing well. Um, you know, last night I'm watching this game. You know, at the uh, at Golden State, it's a game where they have to win. The Lakers have nothing to lose here. Mm-hmm. They lose, well, if they're on the road. Well, Golden State wins, well, they're supposed to win that game. So they come out here. Clay shoots four for nineteen, plays a a, a very good game. Twenty points in the first half. Jordan Poole, will get to his shot. That was Jordan Poole's best playoff game this year. He
1: should yes, he scored, certainly scored well, yep.
0: They need And he, he
1: distributed so the ball too.
0: They they need his offensive playmaking badly off the bench. Now, like uh Trent said with uh, Stan last night, and I've said this before, Jordan Poole can't guard. He don't want to guard. He'll just reach and foul and not take a step and put the hands up and just defend and just close out. He he won't do it. Um but that was his best game of the year. You know, Steph got off to a, a slow start as of LeBron. Um, we've talked about Looney. Looney's in trouble. Looney's about a step, a step and a half slow, guarding AD. Uh, in my opinion, and I, can't, I think Stan said it last night, they need to go to a zone, and they need to go to a zone for long extended periods because they c- they cannot guard or try to double. And if you remember, the Lakers shot the ball from three horrendous. For about two and a half quarters, mm-hmm. so they're not going to do that again. So they're gonna, they can't double AD. So again, I believe they need to play a two-three zone more. Uh, second adjustment, again, Stan said this last night, and I totally agree. They, the ball has to be in Curry's hands, and they need to run a high, a high pick and roll up top, and see if AD wants to come out because the Lakers. I heard this last night, not on TNT, but the Lakers in drop coverage, meaning they want to go under screens is the second most in the NBA. Now, with that, the, with Steph Curry and, and whoever else, you can't go under screens. So if AD doesn't want to come up and switch, or if AD just wants to hang out down low, the ball has to be in Curry's hands, and he has to read that defense. So that's the second adjustment I would be bringing in to Thursday.
1: Did they shoot too many threes, Golden State? Did they settle for well, no, too many threes? Well, well no, because they
0: were at, at, at most of the clip, they're shooting high, you know, low 40s. 40s,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So... You know, if we're going to play that switch two-for-three game, I understand that, but it's got to come back to, well, how many turnovers they have. Curry had five or six, I think. Start the game, Curry has a turnover right from the bat. Um, They they handled rebounding just fine. I think there were maybe five or six, you know, right around the Lakers. That's fine. Um, It's just those key possessions where you have a turnover or a quick shot, which you'll live with. But let's go to that last possession. They doubled, like you guys said, to get the ball out of Curry's hands, They give it the fool. And you, and you guys already touched on it. He shot a 28-footer, could have got closer. That's fine. Here's my thing. Why aren't we running nothing for Clay? If you watch that last possession, Clay's just standing. Why can't we have something for Steph? If it doesn't go right, well, we're going to go into option two, and let's run a stagger, and let's run a stagger on the opposite side for, for Clay to come around and catch and, and shoot a three or do whatever he has to do. He just stood there, and then we settled. For Jordan Poole for 28 feet in a game, you really needed to win. Yeah. So now you have a short turnaround tomorrow night, and I hate using this word, it is a must-win for this old Golden State team. And they better be ready to play because the Lakers, if I'm on their side, I'm saying, guys, we have nothing to lose. Yeah. So mm-hmm. let's hit them Let's hit them in the mouth hard, see what Golden State does, and if we lose so well, we'll go to L.A. Uh, Saturday night and we'll see what happens. So... Uh, we'll see how it goes. You guys have a good day. Yep, thank you, so
1: Jeff. Appreciate it. Yeah, Anthony Davis just was the difference maker last night. He was an absolute was incredible.
2: Schroeder was really good as well. Yeah, yep. Did a lot of things. Is that
1: the first time he did He had another game in the first I round. I say, yeah. I don't remember talking too much about maybe him so Maybe game far. two was against it? Memphis, or maybe okay. he was in
2: one of the play-in games. Maybe it was the one against the, against the Timberwolves, yep. but he was good in one other game. Yeah, it was against the Timberwolves. He hit that corner three. Got to the free-throw line a bunch last night. Absolutely. And what he did defensively... And they need Russell. He is—he was not a good fit in Minnesota nope. for what they were trying to nope. do, and with Anthony and everything else. But in this team, they need a little more scoring punch. He is a good role, and he heats up in a hurry. Mm. We saw that against Memphis, and we saw it again. In moments now he can also shoot you out of him pretty quickly because he's never shy about it but Vanderbilt the defense that he was playing uh, he was absolutely incredible he made it very difficult on whoever he was going yeah,
1: he's not he's not going to wow you offensively no. but that's not what was on the floor to do
2: That uh yeah that three pointers that he shoots from the corner bear and it is just
1: ugly coming out of his hand <laughs> yeah made one he did uh and that might have been the worst news because he kept trying uh anyways um we need to switch gears uh, get into the NFL or final two regional teams we'll take a look at those uh, uh, we'll start with Dane Wizzitani from the St. Paul Pioneer Press and then Nick Athan on those Chiefs. But right now, it's time for another $1,000 home run. <laughs> Head to kxnl.com. right now. You can enter this nationwide keyword. It is fun. At KXNO.com, just type it into the pop-up box that will appear on your screen. Once you go to KXNO.com, the keyword this hour is fun, fun, at KXNO.com. Miller and Condon with you until noon. It's Des Moines, until 1. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106 points (laughs) apply. Sports Station 106.3 KXNO, our final two regional teams in the spotlight today as we recap their draft weekend. Momentarily, the Vikings with our friend Dane Muzzatani, St. Paul Pioneer Press, uh, and then Nick Athen, uh, primetimesportstalk.com. He'll join us on the Chiefs about 10 minutes before noon. Dane Muzzatani joins us, his final day covering the Wild for the Pioneer Press was yesterday. He's back on the Vikings beat full-time. Dane, Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you, Dane?
3: I'm doing good. Doing good, guys. Yep, made the announcement today. So looking forward to kind of getting started here with Vikings on a full-time basis. But uh, we'll be around wild still. Can't let that go.
1: Good stuff. Uh, and I know Michael Reeves, so he's already tweeted he's going to miss you on the road. Uh, just somebody to hang out with. So that's good. I'm glad you're going to stay there. You know, just uh, let's finish uh, with the Wild before we get into the Vikings. Just real quick, I heard some of Garen's press conference, speaking of Mike Russo, got a little animated between the two of them uh, yesterday. Um, my takeaway from that is it's starting to be a thing, right? It seems like it's starting to weigh on uh, the, the Wild brass that um, you just can't get past that first round, and and here they are again. Did you kind of take it that way, uh, that uh, Tempur were a little short because of the fact that, you know, here we are again to round uh, round one exit.
3: Yeah, definitely. I think it's that reaction is kind of human nature, I think, when you're frustrated and um, you know, Bill Guerin clearly wants to get out of the first round. He's a guy, you know, who's won a Stanley Cup yep. twice, twice as a player, twice as a front office exec. Um and now he's been to the playoffs three times since he's taken over and, and each time Hasn't got out of the first round. I, I understood the point he was trying to make. It just sounded a little tone deaf. Um, but the point is, look, they're not going to give us the cup for getting out of the first round. So maybe we should not focus so much on this and focus on the larger goal that we have. At, you know, if they would have beat, they would have gotten past the first round, lost in the second. Um, the feelings would have still been the same mm-hmm. as far as not winning the cup. Um, but I think, yeah, he understands that this is a thing now, um, and this is a standard that. While it's not the ultimate goal, it should be a goal. And I think if Gary could go back and take the, the, you know, that little minor exchange with Brusso back, he probably would um, because I understand. I think he knows how it came across. Um, but yeah, this guy wants to get out of the first round. He wants to get out of the second round. He wants to win a Stanley Cup. Um, and I think those emotions are just kind of yeah, that's an example of them manifesting in real time. He's frustrated, like everyone else is, that, that this season ended far too early.
2: So a young man from Hawaii makes his way to the University of Minnesota, <laughs> stays in Minneapolis, and covers hockey. Not exactly the path that most people think about. What will you miss most, though, about the hockey beat?
3: Uh, definitely the people. Um, it's kind of cliche, but uh, people in in hockey, um, just like the access you get, um, the people that you, you you kind of meet along the way all great and you know i think i'd probably say the same thing if i was covering any sport but I- i've known these guys for six and a half years now you know, not players not just players coaches like you know people uh, equipment staff and obviously people in the pr department and fellow reporters and when you see those people more than you see anyone in your whole life over the course of a six-month stretch hmm. um for six years in a row it'll be a little weird um next fall winter um not just being at the rink all the time, so I'll miss that a lot. Um, it was always fun interacting with the fans, obviously, people up here are really passionate about about their sport. so I'll miss it, but like I said I won't be I'll be at the rink here and there. Um, I think I'll have a hard time staying away after the last <laughs> six or seven minutes.
1: Yeah, it's such a fun sport. One more before we get to the Vikings. Um, some tough decisions again due to the uh, salary cap I- implication with Suter and Perese, and that having to pay that bill and for another, I think, two years left. Uh, but tough decisions. So Foligno, who's such a um, a grit, a role player. Uh, I mean, wears it uh, the A on his jersey for a reason. Seems like Matthew Dumbo, who. I, I still think he's got a real good future in the league. Maybe even Ryan Reeves, although he'd be cheaper. Some difficult decisions that they're going to have to uh, come up with or make, rather, during the off season regarding next year's roster.
3: Yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, you look at their cap space now. They signed Marcus Johansson to a $2 million contract yesterday. I guess two years, $4 million contract, $2 million a year. Um, good signing. I think him and Matt Boldy had... The chemistry, you want to keep that going. Uh, Marcus Johansson is one of the best trade deadline acquisitions when you look at just tier numbers um, across the league. So he's earned the contract, but the repercussions of that is now you only have about $8.1 million to work with the rest of the offseason. Um, you have to sign Philip Gustafson. He's an RFA, but he's going to get some money. Um, he's playing like a number one goaltender, and while I don't think he necessarily makes number one goaltender money right away, um you're gonna have to give that guy a contract. Is that four million dollars? Is that three point five? If it's four, then then all of a sudden here you are, four point one million dollars. And you gotta fill off the rest of the roster. So you mentioned guys like Matt Dumba. Um, it's sad. He's probably gone. Uh this the wild can't afford him. And we talked to him the other day. He was extremely emotional. Uh, this this is to come home for him. He's grown up here, you know, literally, figuratively, um, you know, as a person, as a player. Um, and he holds this place near and dear to his heart, but this is the kind of sad part of the business: is uh, there's just no way that's going to work. And uh, for Matt Dumba, like, could he go come back and take a league minimum salary and with a, the with a Wild coming back, like, yeah. But this is—he's 28. This is his last chance to make a big money contract. He's going to go do that, and then we can't fault him for that. And then this is just kind of the nature of the beast with with the Wild right now and then the cap constraints they're under. Is they're, you're going to lose guys even. You've grown to love over the years, and you're going to lose guys that, that have had a big impact. Um, it'll be interesting to see how, how Darren navigates that now, because he still wants to make the playoffs. He still wants to, to contend for a Stanley Cup. Might be harder next season, um, but we'll see what he can do.
2: To your new beat, the Minnesota Vikings, after the draft concludes. A limited draft for the Vikings, just six picks overall. Nothing in the second round. Their first rounder, Jordan Addison. Let's start right there. Wide receiver... I thought there were just more important needs right now. I like KJ Osborne. I know they wanted to build some depth. I hope you know maybe some of those young guys. Maybe Jalen Naylor will hit, or or we'll see a little bit more out of uh, Regan after they got him from the Eagles. But overall, your thoughts on going wide receiver there and getting the fourth as fourth went, four went in the first round.
3: Yeah, um, I hear the people that wanted more depth are you know there was other places uh, within the roster that that needed more you know filling. Um, you know, you look at a pass rush, um, who knows what's going to happen with, with Darius Smith and, and Daniel Hunter, like maybe this was an opportunity to go get someone there. Cornerback, I think they lost basically all their cornerbacks from last year. I you know they have a couple of rookies from last year that will be second year players waiting in the wings, but some people wanted them to go quarterback, cornerback there. Um, some people want a quarterback and, you know, like, If you're trying to set yourself up for life after Kirk Cousins, maybe that wouldn't Mm have been the worst decision. Um, I have no problem going receiver, and I think the reason I don't is I think when you look at what Quacey and Kevin O'Connell have done now, um, maybe it didn't seem like on the surface that wide receiver was a need because they have Justin Jefferson, because, like like you said, they have K.J. Osborne. Um, But the fact that they do see it as a need, uh, I think means they're just going to use the heck out of this kid. Um, Jordan Addison, um, you know, the way the way they described him, he wins every blade of grass. Like he's, he may not be the biggest guy, but he's going to open up a lot of things because of just the way, the precision with which he runs his routes and then the way he kind of attacks, you know, opposing cornerbacks or safeties. Um, it, it's a clear indication that like this is an offense that is going to continue to take shape in, in the way that that Clancy and in particular Kevin O'Connell want to see take shape. And I think in order to do the things that Kevin O'Connell wants to do on offense, he knew deep down he needed another guy um, to take away the pressure, to make other teams pay when, when they decide to double and sometimes triple Justin Jefferson. And there's no disrespect to K.J. Osborne. He, he's, he's still a really good player. I think he has a role in this offense. Um, but I think when you look down the road, K.J.'s in the contract here. Um, what does life look like after that? Are you just going to be stuck with, with Justin Jefferson going up against doubles all the time mm. for the foreseeable future, um, Jordan Addison now opens things up like that, um, so maybe that won't be a, a, as as easy of a thing for for opposing teams to do. So, uh, I, I think I, I understand um, some people wanting them to go elsewhere with with, with the pick, um, but I, I also think that, you know if they would have went corner here, then we would have been like, well, Justin Jefferson's on an island by himself. Yeah. And there's just always ways to kind of yeah. uh, you know argue the other side of the coin. Uh, I, I like the Jordan Addison pick and and just talking to the kid last week. Um, he seems like a real confident kid, like a kid who'll fit right into the, the receiver's room. And, um, you know, rookies report here in the next couple of weeks, so excited to see him get rolling.
1: Well, they they did address the secondary with their next two picks, although they didn't have a second round. They had to wait to the third to get a kid out of USC. And the fourth, uh, they took uh, a, a kid out, uh, first of back-to-back LSU players, I think they took. But they, they did uh, address the secondary. What do we know about either of those two players?
3: Yeah, McCly Blackman, he's a a guy who his route to the NFL was was unique. Um, He was a zero-star recruit out of high school, went to the Juco route, kind of built himself into a player there, um, worked his way into the D1 ranks and then obviously finished at USC. Um, Super aggressive in in his technique and and the way he wins. Um, He he was flagged quite a bit last year because of that aggression, Um, and that's something he's going to have to clean up, obviously, at the NFL level. Um, but he also, I think he led the Pac-12 in passes the fight. So he's an aggressive player who I think some people thought could have gone higher. The fact that the Vikings, he was sitting for the Vikings in the third round, I think they felt fortunate about that. Then you mentioned Jay Ward out of LSU. Um, the biggest thing with him that, that the front office that the Vikings fell in love with is just his position, flexibility. Um, he played outside corner. He played inside corner. He played safety last year for LSU. He did it all. And, and I think when you look at what Brian Flores wants to do on defense, that position versatility is something that's really going to help uh, kind of use this kid as a Swiss Army knight of sorts. So are these guys going to be impact players right away? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Um, yes, like you said, after going Jordan Addison in the first round, they did kind of make it a, a point of emphasis to, to at least add to their secondary. Um, and we'll see how good these kids are and, and how they contribute right away.
1: Dane Mazutani, St. Paul Pioneer Press, now full-time on the Vikings beat. Dane, thanks for doing this. Uh, appreciate you uh, giving us the, uh, the quick hit on the wild and into the Vikings, and uh, we'll talk to you down the road. Dane, thank you as always.
3: Of course, any time. Thank you. Dan
1: Mazzatani, St. Paul Pioneer Press, as we catch up with our buddy up in the Twin Cities. All right, from the Vikings, we will go down. Our final one to look at are those defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. Nick Athen will join us next. We'll get into that with Nick. Uh, our number 2 we're going to talk to the Cardinals, or talk about the Cardinals with Brian Walton. And then Cappy joins us uh, from Chicago, Trent Plays of the Day. How was your day yesterday? Didn't you take Cincinnati to beat the Padres? I had that one. Uh-oh. That was it? There's one
2: more. Two but and four. That, but that was a big price the it was plus one seventy one. Yeah, I went two and four, but I lost just uh just a touch over one unit. Those big paydays definitely help out when you're, it's not going right. Two and three on Monday, two and four yesterday. But guess what?
1: There's another day today, and they're gonna sing the anthem all over the country. You nailed it. <laughs> Miller and Cond, eleven forty five, Des Moines Sports Station, one hundred six point. Alan bonus. <laughs>
0: Now, back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNL. here's Ken and Trent.
1: Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNL. Nick Hathen momentarily on the Kansas City Chiefs. WHO13.com reporting a member of Iowa State's football team. Kid by the name of Aiden Ralph, you heard of him?
2: Hasn't played, hasn't not registered a statistic. He was part of the 2021 Recruiting class, a redshirt sophomore, has that seen game action. Still
1: on the find. roster at Cyclones.com, but he has now been charged. Um, he's a jail Wednesday, sexual abuse and domestic assault charges. You can read the story. Uh, it's uh, it's a terrible read. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an awful read. Yeah. Um, Stomach turning. It is. Yeah. It, 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 it really is. Um, so Aiden Ralph uh, is uh, incarcerated at Story County. We'll watch that one, but this story is posted up at who13.com. You know what? Um, Been a long time since we've seen one of these stories at either of the schools. I thought the exact same thing, and thank goodness for that. Right, because there was a time there it was like okay, Mm -hmm. not a monthly occurrence, but it was Mm -hmm. happening way too often. Mm -hmm. Um, And this has been the first one in a long time. Not that this minimizes by any means. We're not doing that. We're just making that point a fact. Uh, But Aiden Ralph. Um WHO thirteen dot com if you want to read the story. Let's talk about those Kansas City Chiefs. Our <clears throat> final look at the regional teams. Nick Athen joins us, uh Chiefsfocus.com, Primetime Sports dot com. Uh he was at the draft. I saw the commissioner called you over and took a picture with you. What was up yeah, with that? He
4: he he needed my he needed my input on the uh, future uh, of the NFL draft and the expansions to uh ten rounds. So I gave him my. Uh, I gave him my ten cents,
1: and then he took a um, selfie with you.
4: Yeah, he did. You know, I told him he was doing a good job. Yeah, um, he's he's the best. There's no better commissioner in all of sports, uh, and it's not even it's not even remotely close. Yeah, he, and, he works uh, for the
1: owners, and they love him. And um, you know, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think he does a good job.
4: Yeah. Yep, I I think he did a great job, but the booze diminished over time. Did they? Uh, yeah, I thought I thought his comment. I think it was on friday uh where they were booing him he said he came out and he said uh you know just kansas city just want to wish you a great job and fans started booing <laughs> he goes you're just booing yourself
1: That's true, and man. everybody laughed
4: but he was very gracious he he from all accounts and everybody i talked to i actually got the interview him, uh when the chiefs made the renovations at arrowhead final and they did a pre-showing um he allowed me a few minutes of uh of my time at Warpaint illustrated to uh Nice. to uh, To interview with him, and I've I've always thought he's been a good guy and a great ambassador for the sport.
1: Uh, let's uh, before we get into the draft, how did <clears throat> how did Kansas City do? I mean, not the draft, the city itself for the draft. Yeah, yeah.
4: I mean, I, I this is a this is a bucket list item for me, and I've never been to a draft, and it was just the amount of people it took, uh, volunteers or not, to put together the massive show in which they put together for an NFL draft from the stage, to the people on the stage, to the band, to the coordination of the players, to all the cameras. Um, And just the energy was insane. It was literally like being at a home game. And everybody was just having a good time. It was not what I expected. And there's, there's, you get the name of the player and the team, and that's it. We never knew about the trade. I mean, we knew that there was a trade, but we didn't know details. So, you know, for me, for a guy who wants all the information in a draft junkie, I want, I want everything. And so I had to kind of unconsume my mind and just go with the ambience and the experience. And when the Chiefs came up and, you know, it just, there's nothing like it. I, 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 I highly recommend anybody who has not been to an NFL draft to go. And the thing that struck me the most, guys, is everybody got along. Opposing, mm, play, opposing teams, opposing fans. It was like this one big kumbaya moment for three days. And everybody just liked each other, and we all talked about it. Everybody, other everybody's teams, and and uh, it was it was an amazing experience for me.
2: Right there with you, got to experience it for the first time, and waited to the end until. Chiefs made their pick. We were kind of having some fun with it. What if all those people would have waited and then they would have Trade. traded out at 31? Oh, you, you, you think there were boos there, what the boos would have been like. Not the cases. Uh, they kept their pick there. So let's get into right. the picks and let's start with a uh, local kid out of Kansas State.
4: Yeah, uh, Felix and to de Zoma. I'm, I'm going to butcher it every single time I say it, but Felix, um, local kid. <laughs> yeah, we'll just go King Felix. You know? um, So basically, Felix was the guy that they they obviously spent a lot of time with. Um, you know, uh, Steve Spagnuolo loves this guy. Has uh, liked him for a couple years, scouting him. This was this was a I wouldn't say it was a pressure pick, but I think they were going to go edge rusher or wide receiver in the first round. And I think they got them, got, got a guy with a high motor. This is basically Frank Clark's re- replacement. Mm-hmm. You know, he's probably going to be able to put up similar numbers. He'll probably be a little bit better against the run than Frank was. You know, he he's probably going to be a six and a half, seven and a half sack guy, you know, his first year. But, you know, he's got a motor. He's like Carl Aftis. I mean, they they don't give up on plays. So and now you've got two young bookends, uh, pass rushers, you know, to, to kind of rebuild that defensive line. And, you know, Joe Cullen, the defensive line coach is did a terrific job last year with what he had to work with and blending all these guys and these veterans and these young guys and did a terrific job with that defensive line last year. You know, this will help Chris Jones quite a bit.
1: Uh, They needed a receiver the second round. They addressed that kid from SMU. Um they've lost some receivers, don't have to remind you, not that it mattered when he when yep. he walked out the door, but Schuster and Hardman are both gone. Valdez Scandling was really good in the playoff, but I'm not sure you can count on him anymore. Kadarius Toney got a chance to be really good, but uh, they need help in that spot. Receive Rice. Will he play right away?
4: Yeah, I was I was I was ecstatic about this pick. I mean, this was a guy that I really liked. You know, you look at you look at his film, you know, he's not he's not the speed burner. You know, um, you know he's a guy that's gonna gonna fill in for the guys that departed. I mean, he's a Juju clone, and he can probably have. I wouldn't say similar numbers. I'm not going to sit here and say he's going to have a thousand yards, you know, in receiving. But he runs great routes. He he was, you know, SMU had him outside a lot. I think he's an inside slot guy, and I think that's where he's going to excel in this offense and kind of do what Juju did <clears throat> to go opposite, you know, Travis Kelsey. And I love the pick. You know, he had, the uh, I think, the longest yards per reception. He had the most pass interference penalties. Um, So I think this is a guy who personally worked out with Patrick Mahomes, and I know he had a part of this decision. Uh, But Rice, to me, is my favorite pick of this this draft class.
2: Get a little bit deeper. You're kind of throwing darts at the end there. Anybody jump off the page, fifth, sixth, seventh round picks, that you think have maybe the best chance of sticking?
4: Um, I think I think B.J. Thompson, the edge rusher, and mm-hmm. DeAndre Coleman, the defensive tackle. Coleman's that one technique that this defense doesn't have right now or doesn't have consistently, and he's a massive guy. He can take the center and the guard, and, again, that just creates more space for Chris Jones to play inside or outside. Um, I love that Shamari Connor, the cornerback. I think he's long, lackey, kind of a guy that I think is going to step in right away. Uh, um, Wanya Morris, the offensive tackle, will be the starting right tackle. So. I think they did really really well. Um, you know, in those departments, but to me, I think I think Keandre Coleman is probably going to be the the third day's surprise. I think he's he's going to fit perfectly into this uh, Chiefs defense.
1: Well, it's going to be weird next year, Nick, when they're drafting in the teens after a disappointing season, but they've certainly oh, owned
4: Oh, 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 come <laughs> on. That's brutal. Well, well, you know the Broncos will still be ahead. Of the yeah.
1: Team, so, oh man, uh, what did you think of the other one? Uh, Denver side, they didn't have a pick, but what did you think? What the Chargers and the Raiders did?
4: Um, I thought the I think the Chargers had a really good draft. I did, too. They picked three guys from TCU: Quentin Johnson, Max Dugan, or Dugan. I, dug I hope that the Chiefs would take him and uh, Darius Davis, uh, the the other wide receiver. Um, I, I thought they did a really terrific job um, in their draft. And I was I was impressed. That, you know, you don't really know with the with the with the charges what they're going to do now. Johnson, there were some question marks on him. The fact that he was one of the top guys taken kind of started that uh, you know some of that run at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it's going to take him a little time, but um, I thought the Max Duggan pick was really interesting because um, I think he's I think he's an NFL quarterback. I really do. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on as far as the Raiders. You know Tyree Wilson, the edge from Texas Tech. I really like him Mm. a lot. Um, I thought he was one of the best pass rushers available. Uh, Trey Tucker, the wide receiver from Cincinnati, was the guy that I had hoped the Chiefs would uh, end up with. That ends up being the uh, Kadarius Tony pick. Mm, Is that right? Something to do. But you know, and Marvin Mims from uh, from the for the Broncos. I mean, terrific wide receiver can definitely help. And and so I don't I don't think that the division. You know, I don't think there's a clear cut, you know, favorite winner at this point, even being objective about the Chiefs. You know, I I thought all four teams actually with what they had to work with and how they maneuvered the draft, you know, made themselves better and gave themselves some players that, you know, if they're the right fits in training camp can be successful. So all in all I give the I give the HC
1: West a big props. But I thought they had a great draft. ChiefsFocus.com, dot on Twitter at Chiefs Insider Nick Athan. Nick, we'll talk with you in a couple of weeks. I, yeah, apparently, the schedule's coming out two weeks from next week. Is it next week? Yes, yeah, a week from tomorrow. The the yeah, schedule may be yeah. out. So uh, at I some got point, tidbit. I get a little tidbit. Oh. A little tidbit. Oh, okay. Well, where's it? Week? What's going to happen? Homecoming week one. What oncoming is it? Coming
4: week one could be a former Chiefs player at opening day. So just
1: hang in there. We'll see what
4: happens. Miami? I didn't say that.
1: He's trying to put two and two together. Interesting. Well, we'll find out uh, a week from tomorrow night, uh, and then we'll we'll talk about uh, all of our regional teams. Right. Nick, thanks for doing this. Nick, have a great weekend. All right, guys. Yep, take care. It. It's thanks. only Wednesday, too early to say that. But enjoy the rest of your week, <laughs> Nick. And then once you get to the weekend, boy, we hope it's good too. Uh, we got a big weekend coming. Up. We do have a big weekend coming up. Uh, Including a plane ride west. I got a crazy
2: local number for you as another local guy signed an NFL free agent contract when we come back. Interesting. Uh, Brian Walton on the Cardinals. Cappy on Chicago Sports.